Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode three. I am so stoked you are here and cannot wait to share this amazing conversation with you guys. This week, I had Katie Dalebelt from Let It Out on the show, and she is just as much a gem as you would think she is by listening to her podcast or being a part of her community. She is seriously thebomb.com and one of my personal favorite humans to listen to about just all the candid conversations. She is so willing to just share her heart and be open and vulnerable and honest as fuck and she does that on the podcast today and every single day I think in her life probably and I just cannot wait to share with you guys this really incredible conversation. So let me introduce you to Miss Katie Dalebout. Uh, Katie Dalebout launched the weekly podcast Let It Out which now has over 100 episodes. She is the author of the Amazon best-selling book Let It Out, A Journey, A Journey Through Journaling and has contributed to Hello Giggles, Refinery29, Mind Body Green. Through her speaking and writing, she aims to help people develop a positive image of their bodies, hell yes, by embracing their creativity and personality outside of their physicality. She is that and so much more, and we <laughs> we definitely chat about some really funny shit, you guys, um, talking about going really deep into our journeys with obsessions and how we've kind of evolved as women via those things, the multiple quarter-life crises that she feels like she's personally experienced, you know, her journey with moving to New York and how that's been really, really hugely impactful for her and also some weird shit our moms used to do to us when we were kids. Uh, We talk about that and so much more and I am just going to get off of this intro so you guys can get the goods from this episode and join in um, and I hope you guys enjoy. Miss Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's so nice to not um, not be hosting the podcast. I know. So for those of you who do not know Katie, um, she, which you should obviously, um, but she is a podcaster and I would say like enthusiast, enthusiast extraordinaire, um, and just like has the coolest podcast called let it out. I've been listening to her show for a long time and she just has these amazing candid conversations with really, really interesting people of all walks of life, which I love, um, So yeah, I'm I'm excited to to get to chat with you and like actually get to know a little bit more of your background and story and and for you guys to hear more about her stuff too. So yeah, I want to yeah. hear more about you too. So are you? How long have you been doing the podcast? Um, well, this is super new. So you're actually going to be my like third episode. So if you're Yay! listening to this, yeah, yes. I wanted you early on in the in the midst, but we officially launched February 1st, which we're actually recording before that. So, yeah. um, but for those of you who are listening, you're hearing this after. Um, and yeah, so it's been on my heart for a really long time because I 
uh, I'm just really tired of the lack of awareness around, you know, people, specifically women in their 20s and 30s who are experiencing the quarter life crisis, like, what the fuck am I doing with my life and my health? And I just feel like there's this sense of lack of community around that and not feeling like people really know what to do or feel like they're alone. And so I just wanted to really bring light to that and share tools and tips and also like real life stories of what that looks like, because it's not all Instagram filters and, you know, everything is a lot messier than it seems on the outside. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of that, I guess let's get started by just saying like, do you feel like you've experienced that, you know, quarter, quarter life crisis type thing, um, or maybe even multiple of them. And if so, when did that happen? Kind of what did that look like? And how do you feel like it's shaped you as the woman you are now? Oh, that's such a great topic and question. I'm trying to think. So quarter life crisis would be when I was 25, right? Give or take, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure that I did. Actually, I think that I definitely did because And actually right around that time. Um, So when I was 25, I had a book coming out the month I was about to turn 26. And um, I knew that this was happening for like two years. I I got the book deal when I was 23. And I had like a year to write the book. And then the publishing process took like a year for it to, to come out. So I knew that this was happening. And so for that, for those two years, I was living in Michigan and I wasn't very happy with where I was living. I had gone through a breakup around the time I found out I was getting the book deal around the exact same time I like went through a breakup with my like first ever really like big relationship boyfriend from college. And we, we broke up and I didn't really even have very many friends. I had like one friend where I lived. Um, and I put all of my time and effort into work. I was, I had an eating disorder in college at the end of college. And I really just transferred that addiction to work addiction. So I was working full time and then I was doing, hosting a podcast, which you mentioned. And then I was writing this book um, and it took a lot of my time. So that was really all I did, which was fine because I had no social life. So I, I wasn't really burnt out because I like, I had plenty of time to do that because I didn't have a life outside of it, which wasn't healthy, but it all kind of bubbled up when this book was coming out because for two years, I knew this was going to be happening. I was like, once the book comes out, like that's, that's going to be it. And I remember my editor from my publisher right before the book came out, like the final edits or something, she said to me in an email, she was like, like, good job. You know, all the edits are done, whatever. And she was like, you're going to be a star tomorrow. Like, that's literally what she said. And I like believed her. I was like, I am like, that's what's going to happen with that. And then, you know, I I went and I I saw my book in Barnes and Noble and guess what happened, Amanda? I have no idea. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Nothing changed. Nothing happened. You know, it was like, that was cool. Like my, the only like really cool thing about it was that and I'm so grateful and I'm so happy and I'm like proud of that book, whatever, whatever pop-ups. But at the end of the day, like my, the best thing that happened to me about that is that my mom and my family who like didn't understand what a podcast was or what a blog was were like, Oh, outside of your full-time job, 
keep doing that. Like it seems to be going well because you did something like to them legitimate. But to me, it was just like, I worked really hard for this. And then like the the promotion and like the launching of it, like I did the local news and I did all these things and it was really cool, but it took so much energy of me that I was like, I woke up and was like, wait, I don't have a life. And so at that point I had just turned, it was like my 26th birthday and I started to go on dates. Like I, I signed up for the dating apps and I, um, I think I went on like one online date, but I, I started to meet people and I started to like have time with friends and I, I moved to a different apartment and I, um, I would have these like dinner parties and I would have people over and I started to just get like really happy with where I was. And I knew I wanted to move. That was something I really wanted to do, but I couldn't really figure that out. So I just moved to a better spot where I was and I started to love it. And I loved where I was and, um, and things really started to change for me. Cause I was like, I need to stop focusing on work and make my life as a whole really great. Not just my body, not just my work, not just anything, like all of it. So I, I, I spent that summer actually. So the book came out in April and, and that summer, my best friend in Michigan and I, um, we both have moved since, but we, and we both really wanted to move then, but that summer was really magical because she moved, she moved back in with her parents. She used to live here in New York. And so I basically lived with her or she would live with me and we would have like sleepovers every day and her parents had a pool. So we would just like acted like teenagers and we were just like going on dates and we were like just with each other and like, watching tv and like eating snacks and being at the pool and it was so what I needed and that was kind of like my quarter life crisis situation and then you know actually the day before the book came out I met my boyfriend um in Michigan who's my boyfriend now we didn't start dating till like a really long time after that but it was just it, it was like when I made that decision to stop focusing on work it was like my life started to get better um, and it wasn't like a conscious choice. It was just like, well, this isn't making me happy. So I'm going to pivot over here. It's amazing what happens when you stop obsessing. Like my yeah. background with the obsession is in food and exercise. Like I dealt with binge eating and orthorexia for years and I'm a perfectionist by nature and just the obsession was yeah, it just keeps kind of moving unless you really allow yourself to slow down, which is why I think journaling is so key to just getting to know who you actually are. Like I didn't realize who I was for the first 23 years of my life, probably until I started journaling and like journaling with intention, not just kind of writing my feelings. Like I'm so mad at my boyfriend today. He did this, you know? Um, so that's cool. Okay. Before we talk about journaling, cause I want to talk to you about that. Um, where in Michigan are you from? So I'm from East Lansing. It's like a really small town. Um, I wasn't living there, but uh, I lived there my whole, like, till I was, I went to college there too. So till I was like 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was living in Detroit. So I was living like on the border of Detroit and Ferndale. Um, I'm from Toronto originally. So oh, every cool. time I drive home, we drive through Detroit basically yeah Yeah. no I mean I I love Detroit I think it's like such a cool place and I have obviously friends there and my boyfriend still lives there so it's it's a really great place um I was happy to move to New York because it's something I always wanted to do and I was going to see if I liked it and then I love it so I'm probably going to be here for 
maybe ever, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but I love it there. And I think it's such a cool time to be there. And I'm like, whenever anyone tells me they're moving there, I just had someone I know, um, is moving there. And I, I love it because I have so many places to suggest and yeah, it's a great place. What makes New York your place? Um, I mean, the top thing I always say is being able to walk everywhere. Like that's just, it's so different from where I lived and where I grew, grew up. Um, and that feels really magical. It feels like, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a movie when I walk around with my headphones in or not, or just there's like weird serendipities that happen. It's like someone on my podcast, I don't know if you listened to the episode with Josh Radner, but he said something about New York, which I thought was really profound. And it's funny that I even asked him about it because at the time I had like no specific plans to move to New York, but he said that, you know, he thinks New York makes a more interesting setting for movies than LA does. And he said that's because, you know, New York is a town of extremes where your best days are like euphorically wonderful and your worst days are horribly bad. Um, And I don't know, luckily I haven't had too many terrible days here, like knock on wood, Um, (laughs) but the good days are like really good. And yeah, it's kind of like, oh, I was over here and it just kind of worked out that I was over there. And um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really, it, it, it's exceeded my expectations, which I didn't expect. I kind of was like bracing myself to, especially in the winter, I was like kind of bracing myself to be like, what did I do? I never should have moved. I missed my car. And like, it's so hard to walk everywhere. And I don't feel that way at all. I, I just feel every day I'm grateful. And I remember like the first few nights um, when I was here, I was just like, the, the first month, um, it just like didn't feel real. I felt like I was on vacation. But then like the second month, I remember the first couple nights of my like, after my first month, I was like, when I was in the place I was going to stay and all that, I was like, is this real? Like I actually live here. I, I can't believe it. And I, I would have moments of that all the time. And I, and I still do a little bit here and there. You moved pretty recently though. Yeah. Within yeah, the year. It was just June of, of 2017. Yeah. So that's kind of a big shift too. Cause I don't know. I mean, I have been living in Chicago now for coming on 10 years, which makes craziness in my head. But I feel like if I were to move and my husband and I've been talking about, okay, well we might move when we have kids or we might move somewhere else in the meantime. And I feel like when you get settled somewhere, it's so easy to just feel like it's safe. And when you move somewhere, everything is new. So have you felt that in a negative sense or have you felt like it's been more, like you've been saying it's mostly positive, but did you feel any of that resistance when you first got there or still now? Yeah. Well, when I first got there, I just knew it was right. Like I knew I made the right choice. It's a little bit different for me because I'd never lived outside of the state I grew up in, even though I was living in a different city, it was only a couple hours away from, you know, where all of my family is and from where I grew up. So this was my first, you know, I didn't really go away to, I didn't go away to college at all. Like I went to college in my hometown. I didn't live at home. I lived in the dorms, but like I could have walked to the house I grew up in easily from the dorms. So crazy you know, I, I kind of feel like I, this is like my second adolescence. Like I I feel very much like Felicity. Like I just came to New York and I'm, you know, like, like people feel with college, I'm sure. Um, so I had, I just knew it was right. And I knew we needed to get out of Michigan. And there were lots of hard elements about it. The hardest being, you know, just like the logistics of 
finding an apartment and I'm like quadrupling my cost of living and, um, you know, how finding my footing of like how I'm going to work from here and be productive when there's so many more distractions and things I want to do. And, you know, that was, that was an adjustment for sure. But I think once I made that, I, I felt great. And then the biggest thing was that I was not even nervous about, but apprehensive about, I went to been apprehensive at all about moving, not with my family or like, I, I don't get homesick for, for that at all. Um, like I love my family. They're great. But like, I just, I don't feel homesick for them, but my boyfriend, I was in this relationship yeah. with someone who at the time it was like relatively new when I, when I knew I was moving and we had just started dating cause I wasn't going to be moving for like kind of a year or like six months after that. So it was too early to be like, well, I love you. I'm going to just stay like, and I wouldn't have done that anyway. And it was right. way too early to be like, well, let's make a choice together. Like we had been dating for a couple of months. So it was just like, well, we're either going to like only keep dating for a little bit or, you know, we'll be long distance if we want to. And we just didn't really talk about it for the first couple of months. And then we we're like, okay, well, what's going to happen here? And so that was my apprehensive apprehension of with moving was just, you know, like, how will that be? But that ended up even being great. Like, I, I see him all the time. And, um, like, my friends joke that, like, I see my boyfriend more than they see theirs, who that lives here sometimes. So, um, you know, I mean, of course, that I don't mean to, like, sugarcoat long distance. Like, it, it sucks hard, sometimes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, um, but I'm glad I would have been, it would have been worse if I didn't move and I stayed like because of that relationship. So I'm that it was kind of like a second quarter life crisis though. Like moving to New York was the biggest change I've made in my life. I mean, I so resonate that. I mean, I moved to Chicago for college, so it was different for me, but I had been in a three and a half year relationship and, you know, didn't want to break up, but also was like, F this, I'm going to be an actor. I'm moving to Chicago and I'm going to the school. And yeah, I mean, it was the best decision of my life and obviously it brought its hardships, but I think moves are really important to figure out who the fuck you are because you learn so much about yourself when you're in a new environment and when you're not surrounded by the things that make you comfortable. And it sounds like you've had a lot of those moments. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think like putting yourself into a new situation, putting yourself into a potentially uncomfortable situation is so healthy. And um, yeah, I have grown more in the past six months, more than six months now, since I moved here than I have, I think maybe my whole life. Like I, I, I was so worried about silly things. Like I was like, I'll never learn how to use the subway. I just, I can't do it. Oh my gosh. Like, um, <laughs> but I did and I'm fine. I'm not like yesterday I took the train the wrong way, but like I figured it out and Shit I got happens. home and yeah. <laughs> you, you figure it out. And, um, and it's good to have those examples in your life of like things you've really genuinely, honestly thought you couldn't do. And then you do them because like I have, you know, other things in my life, like creatively that I'm working on. I'm like, this is such a big project. I'm never going to do it. And I'm like, well, Katie, you learned the subway. You can do this. You know? <laughs> um, so I love great. that. I remember like actually another example of this, that's kind of silly is like, I was really bad at typing when I was a kid um like I was so bad at it I just I never practiced like I never was like allowed to use the computer and like I think a lot of my friends had like personal computers or computers that they could use so like when AIM came out 
I was really embarrassed because I was so slow at typing back because I was like, tit, tit, tit. like I would get my mom to come and like talk to boys for me because she was oh a fashion God, typer. I <laughs> so I would be like, okay, to, to Joe Lofo, say this. And then say this. And like, she'd be like, okay, but then she would edit it because like she wouldn't want to be like as smooth as that. She wouldn't like say the things I exactly wanted yeah. to say. And I was like always constantly so anxious, like, oh my God, please don't say anything weird because this is my mom. And like, it was so anxiety producing. So I had, I was forced to learn typing, just like I was like forced to learn the um, subway. And now, like, I mean, also, I'm on my computer all day long. Like, yeah. I'm such a, I'm the fastest typer in the world, maybe. Um, and I think about that too. Like whenever I'm like, I can't do it. I'm like, you learn to type, you learn the subway, like you can do anything. You know? That's how it's so funny. I, I feel that way about my hair. My mom was like, she also helped me figure that out. Cause we both were like, I don't know what this is. And I, you know, when straightening started being a thing, my mom was like, uh, we don't have a straightener. I was like, just use an iron. And so she literally oh like bent me over the iron table, like put my hair out and like, I legit ironed my hair. Shout out, oh mom. I know you're gosh, listening. Oh my gosh, that has to be so bad for the hair. My mom did oh. that to her hair too. Yeah, I'm like, mom, what were you thinking letting me do that? But the funny thing is now, like, I figured out how to, like, do my hair kind yeah. of when I want to, which is really about my fun. hair too. Like, I, that is one thing that I've mastered as well. Like, the I'm shit. like, Moms all my I'm, I can curl hair like that. Like, I never burn. Like, I'm just, you get oh. good at what you have to get good at. Yeah, you better come to Chicago and curl my hair because I am not the best at curling. Oh, I will I will teach you. I am like, I'm the barrel curl queen. Oh, yes. All right. It's a date. I'm like looking at her luscious curls. So you have no idea what, she, what her curls look like Yeah, right this now. is so dirty too. I, that's another like weird fact about me, but I wash my hair like every two weeks. Okay. Question. Yeah. Because as an actor, that's really hard for me because a lot of the time I have auditions and my hair gets mm-hmm. greasy real fast, but I've been considering doing the more natural route. Did you do that to start or has your, have your hair, has your hair just kind of always been like, I need to wash it every two weeks and it's cool. Yeah. When I say that to people, I'm like, I, I shouldn't brag about that. Cause it's just like not something that everyone can do. Like I have, I have naturally really, really, really like, if you felt my hair, you like, it just never gets greasy because, um, it's well it's first of all it's really like naturally curly like I have naturally wavy hair I have a lot of it and it's really thick and then also I believe like I dye it's dyed blonde so mm-hmm. like I went my colorist told me that when you put bleach in your hair it makes the hair follicle swell so like that also makes it a little bit um I think that makes it easier for me to go longer without washing it, but it just like, it doesn't get greasy. It doesn't get, I think part of that is because I've done it for so long that I like, it just knows. But even when I was in high school, I would go like a week. That's so nice. I don't think I could go more than two days (laughs) washing my hair. That's how most people are. It's just like, yeah, my mom's hair is like this. Like it's just a, it's just a thing I have, which I'm lucky about, but I didn't find it lucky when I was a kid because my hair looks naturally very different than it does right now. (laughs) Are you a brunette? No, I mean, my hair was blonde, like this color when I was a kid, but you can kind of see like, it's not really brunette. It's just like, like a very dirty blonde, Mm -hmm. um, like a really dark blonde. And I just kind of look, I don't know. I think it kind of makes me look washed out to have my natural color. And I just think it's fun. I like being no, I like blonde. Hair. So. I've never dyed my hair. So that's a fun fact. Your hair is beautiful color. You never should. Oh, thanks. 
Yeah, yeah. unless for an, a show, I might someday down the road, if they're like, you need to dye your hair red, I'll be like, cool, yeah. give me all the red. Yeah, but wigged for that though, too. Yeah, I've been wigged many a time. Yeah. Yeah, love that. Okay, so chatting a little bit about your book, what inspired that? And I don't know, like journaling, I feel like is such a foreign thing for so many people and just like mm-hmm. getting really deep and personal with your shit can be really hard. So like, was that something you always did? And it just kind of was like, I need to share this. Or was it a different path that led you to writing it? Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't something I always did. I was never like a kid that kept a diary or anything like that. But I, um, like I said, when I was in college and I was, I had, I never, I'm not from a family who like goes to therapy or like, you know, mm-hmm. I never examined my feelings ever, but when I had this eating disorder in college, luckily it got me into therapy, which was really great about it. And even though my therapist or like no one around me during that time, I had a lot of people around me and nobody told me to journal, but for some reason I was really into self-help and I was really into like spirituality and personal growth. And I was reading every book and I just wanted every formula and I was like into it. And I had a gift card, I remember, and I was in a Barnes and Noble trying to buy another self-help book to give me the answer of like how to be a person. And I was just like, yeah, maybe the answer's within me. But I mean, I didn't really like think that. I just wandered to the stationery section and I bought this journal (laughs) and I started writing in it every day. I would just like sit outside and write in this journal and I found it cathartic and it gave me relief because I think I was being real and authentic and unfiltered for the first time I was able to be really raw and I was able to write you know like how I was actually feeling even if it was really dark and I was too afraid to admit it to myself and even to someone safe you know like a therapist because I wanted them to like me you know and I was also too afraid to say these like really light positive thoughts too like these lofty goals that I had for myself. And so in my journal, I was able to be real and I was able to get to know myself who I actually was, not just these masks I was wearing to the rest of the world. And from there, I then, you know, whenever someone would tell me like a friend or someone in my life would be like, oh, I'm having this weird relationship thing or I'm having a body image moment, I would be like, it's kind of weird, but like, have you journaled ever? It might be cool to journal about that. It helps me. And they were like, oh, no, you know, I'm not a writer. I wouldn't have anything to say. There was so much resistance to it. And so from all of that resistance, I realized, you know, like, I'm also not really a writer. And I didn't really think I had anything to say. But somehow this brought me relief. And this was cathartic. And I realized that this type of writing is innate to everyone. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, writing as we speak. So if you can write a text message, you can journal. If you can write an email, you can journal. Um, It's just writing like you would to a close friend, but to yourself. So that's um, really how I came up with the idea. And I think that, you know, if you have a good question, you'll likely get a good answer from your intuition. So my book is essentially 55 good questions in like all different areas of your life. They're journaling prompts with some personal essays, but um, yeah, it just, I think it's a matter of um, having the willingness to look in these maybe uncharted areas of your mind that we don't want to look at. We want to just stuff them away and cope instead of solve, which journaling forces you. It's very uncomfortable. That's why people actually have resistance to it. And I do too. Um, but it, it puts a mirror up into your face of like what you're actually facing and what your problems are. And, and it's really helpful. 
I could not agree more. I started journaling because of the book called The Artist's Way. Have you read that book? Yeah, and I loved it. Um, And that's more of a brain dump, but I personally much prefer like guided journaling prompts because I feel like, yeah, you don't think to ask yourself those questions. And I think if you're not inundated in the personal development world like we are, it can be really tough to know what the fuck to ask yourself and say, you know. Yeah. Do you, do you have my book? I don't, but I need to grab a copy of it. I've been, I've been eyeing it for like the past few months. So I just need to bite the bullet. Yeah, no, I was just wondering, cause the first tool in it is, um, it's called the morning dump and it's like based off of Julia Cameron's the artist's way. Mm-hmm. And I talk about that, but it's like a bit more guided. And anyway, it just, just made me think of you, but yeah, I love, I love the artist's way as well. Yeah. I'll have to I have to grab a copy and you all should too cuz I'm sure it's going to be amaze balls. But seriously, journaling I feel like is so key and like this the first step to getting those answers that you don't have. And I think when you're struggling or in the mess of shit, you just kind of tend to numb out on things that are easy. Um, you know, things that are more external versus actually doing the work that is going to get you to where you want to actually be. And so I think journaling is a really good first step for people who don't really know where to start. So thank you for creating that. Oh, thank Yeah. It's so nice. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Question via what you said with respect to, I just wanted like with the therapist, like I just wanted them to like me. That's something that I personally have struggled with for a really long time is like feeling really frustrated when somebody just doesn't like me for whatever reason. And I'm like, but everyone should like me. I'm fun. And I'm, you know, silly and goofy. What have, like, have you experienced that a lot in your life? And like, do you feel like that's something that you still care about? Or is that kind of something that's beyond where you're at now? Oh my gosh. I wouldn't even do it. I'm so beyond that. I have the answer for you. I can't even do it. (laughs) I wish that I did. No, I mean, I'm still exactly the same with that. I have some like coping mechanisms for it I guess now more than I did when I was younger which are just like awareness you know like when I was younger just like oh my god everyone hates me it's terrible and now I'm just like well you know I know that I'm spinning out or I know that I'm upset and I can call a friend I can journal I can talk to my therapist about it you know so like those are that makes it better I guess but it's oh my god yeah it still happens like a weird and social media makes it worse um and a weird thing for me, like I was just talking to my boyfriend about this, like he's a photographer, so he uses Instagram as well. But if someone doesn't like his Instagram, they don't like his art. They don't like his photos. And he's like, that's fine. He's so confident about his photos. He's like, we should all have this confidence. He's just like, yeah, this is my style. This is what I like. I did a good job. Yeah. I put it up here. And if people want to follow him, he's like, cool. If not, he's like, I don't care if they don't want to follow me because they don't like my photos. It it says nothing about him. They don't know him as a person. Right. But with me, it's totally different because my Instagram, my, and part of it is like, it, it sort of is, I don't like to call what I do a business, but like it, it is sort of a business because, um, because yeah, like I, I have people that I, I pay not just myself that, that make my podcast happen. And, um, and yeah, it's like, I, I, I get money from brands. And yeah. so, but my, 
business is me. Like if someone doesn't like my Instagram or someone unfollows it, it's not they're unfollowing my art. Like I am the art kind of, yeah. which is so bizarre and weird. But yeah, it's it's hard because if you don't like my stories, that's just me living my life. You know, that that is just me. And if you don't like my photos, like it's it's not like what Nick does. It's it's actually me. And so I I never really let you know, numbers or Instagram, like bother me until really recently, like super recently. And something happened where like, I lost like a bunch of followers, like in a, in a second, I think, I don't know what I posted, but like, I just lost a ton of followers. And of course it like, I want to be like, Oh, I didn't care. But I was like, wait, what did I do? Like, why don't these people hate me? And it, it did, it like, it hit me. And, um, and then I was mad that it was making me mad. Yeah. And so, um, my, my best friend said this really good thing. She was like, Instagram's actually designed to make you feel bad about yourself. Like it's, it's like actually designed to make you like want more followers and for you to like, you know, want to compete and like all these things that like, aren't me. Um, so that was, that was like a tough pill to swallow, but a good lesson of like, this isn't maybe my fault. It's just the way the system is set up. And I've been trying to, I'm really going to make a concerted effort. I'm just trying to spend less time on it. Like you don't really scroll. I'm going to try to like get in, get out, um, post what I want to post and then be off of it. And um, I don't know, I think having a lot of creative projects and, and, and another thing that helps is I try to practice no double screening so like if I'm watching a, a TV show, I'm not going to also be scrolling on my phone or. I love that. Yeah. Like I really like going to the movies cause it, you know, it's like forced focus. Um, when I'm at dinner with someone, like I don't get my phone out. If I want to like Insta story quick, I'll like save it and put it away. Um, and then when I am on my phone, like I'm on my phone and that's fine. I may be on it for an hour, but um, that's, that's intentional. That's kind of what I tried to do. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Cause I think, I think Instagram can be, or just social media in general can be a really positive thing if you're intentional with it. And I think that's, that's the trick that a lot of people struggle with is they just spend so much of their time just mindlessly scrolling and then also following people that trigger them and make yeah. them feel that comparisonitis bullshit. Um, I recently just did an entire like unfollow binge because I just, you know, it, there's no point in following people that make you feel not good about yourself or are promoting things that aren't in line with your personal beliefs. And that that's okay. And I think me doing that made me realize like the people who are following me and who are on my journey with me they're my people, you know, like they get me, they're all about my morning dance parties with my dog and they resonate with everything I say. And it's like, okay, if 50 people go and follow me tomorrow, I'm not going to be upset because they just weren't my people, you know? And I yeah, think having totally. that perspective has also been really helpful for me on that front. Yeah. Can I tell you something else about my phone? Yeah. So my friend, Nicole, um, I don't know if you know her. She has this company called Splendid Spoon who sponsors my podcast and yeah. she did my podcast and we were, um, hanging out the other day and she was like, yeah, I did this cool thing with my phone. And I don't know if you can see this or, well, actually no one who's listening can see this. So <laughs> I'll try to explain it, but I will show you. Um, I like put my icons, I like color coded them 
so it's like a gradient and I don't know why like first of all I just really like it like I think it looks really beautiful when I go to look at my phone because mm-hmm. um, they're all organized by color but then it also it's like I have to think about where the Instagram icon is and it's not like in the it's not on the first page and I don't you know I like it I think it's a a good tip if anyone wants yeah, to try it and, and also like the process of doing it is really fun like, <laughs> Yeah. I love that. That's something I will probably do today <laughs> once we hook yeah. up. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, a, a friend of my boyfriend's made all of his apps grayscaled. So then they're like less, I've heard a few people doing this too. They're like less alluring to like go to your phone because it's all in black and white. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's something you can do too, but I don't even know how to do that. My husband did that. So I should ask him. He's all about yeah. the black and white life. Yeah. I'm all about the color. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. Okay. So what is going on right now in your life? That's really freaking rad that you're like loving and living for. It can be something small, it can be something big, whatever you feel. Hmm. Well, I'm, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is I'm, I'm making a lot of big leaps in my creative work and like what I'm what I'm doing so I have this person who works with me who like started as my assistant to like help me with emails and now she produces the podcast and she does like way more of everything than I do she's her name is Amanda as well um we have another person that works with us so there's there's three of us um now and I have some really big exciting plans for what I want to happen in 2018 and I'm working on a creative project right now that um I'm like so excited about and I I I always constantly feel behind about it but um I'm hoping I just I have this singular focus of what I'm working on and then once I finish that I'm going to be making a second podcast which is really exciting so I'm going to be working on that and then you know in the future down the line, I haven't like told anyone this, but I, I want to be having in-person events. So I want to have something called let it out live. I think is like what I'm like beta calling it where I'm bringing together people who have done the podcast and people who have been guests and sponsors and having like making a day of it and getting us all together off of the internet. Um, I don't know. I, I just, am excited for like the growth of what I want to do and how I want to empower um, the people who I work with even more. Mm-hmm. And to just, I, I want to just make stuff that feels like the inside of my brain and, um, and connect with cool people and just keep making podcasts and writing. I want to write more and yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question. No, I love that. Nice. And you've been kind of running some like mini meetups and stuff in the city, haven't you? Yeah, we've been doing live podcasts. I did one at um, the end of my favorite coffee shop. It's like the home of the unicorn latte. And then I did one at uh, this really cool Ayurvedic restaurant called Divya's Kitchen oh, uh, here in the East Village a couple months ago. And then we had a meetup at Springbone. I had the guys from that. Um, on my podcast so we've been kind of just going to my favorite places in New York and and doing little meetups and I hope to continue to do that you know I actually had an event um Wednesday night at at Cap Beauty one of yeah my I saw that 
That's yeah, fun. that was really fun too. I thought you would have loved it. We we talked all that. Journey, I wish so. I was in New York. I'm gonna have to. My best friend lives in New York, so I'll have to tell her to go to your meeting. Oh, next cool. Time. Yeah, I'd love to meet her. Yeah. Um, come visit. Was the unicorn latte good? Yes, it's really good. Um, <laughs> it's like when I want a hot drink, I want like a frothy, like creamy kind of a hot drink. Like yeah. that's my favorite hot drink. This is like. I also love lemon water and like citrusy hot drinks, but this is like when you want like a ginger lemon tea kind of situation. Oh. It's like, it's like that. It's like has, um, it has coconut milk, but it's like, it's like more fruity. I so it was great. And I that. loved it. But my favorite drink there is something called the CBD latte. And it has like cacao and coconut milk and CBD oil. And it's like cinnamon. It's so drinky. My favorite. You heard it here first, New Yorkers. <laughs> Where is that yeah. in New York? It's in Brooklyn. It's in Williamsburg. Okay, um, yeah. It's like off of Metropolitan. I don't know. Like people can Google. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, would I went to Williamsburg. I think two what? times ago. I went to Williamsburg two times ago when I was there, and we went to what's that? Oh, it's called Schmorgasburg, the big outdoor yeah, yeah. food festival, and we had the craziest food. Like. My husband Kevin got a uh, ramen burger, like ramen yeah, noodles like were like super famous. the buns. Yeah. yeah. And then I think... it's like overrated. Did he love it? He liked it. Yeah. Yeah. He they, did. They have one on my street too. My boyfriend was going to get that when he was there, but um, we got this like really crazy, like, it's not, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a kind of looks like one of those like water Ouija things that we had when we were kids, but it's like a big piece of, it's like a kind of like a big piece of jello. Oh. And some like Vietnamese, I think, food. Anyway, was it, it was good? Cool. Yeah, we like each had a bite. It was like a um, like a desserty thing. I got this really cool coconut milk ice cream situation mm. that they have here. It's like yeah, it was really good. That sounds. I'm. I love food. Yeah. What's your favorite food? Yeah. What did you say? What is your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. Um. Mm. Gosh, it's hard. I know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I kind of eat the same few things every day. Like I like, yeah, I have like a very specific taste. I love um, seaweed. Like I know it's weird, but like I really love seaweeds. Um, I love green apples are like my favorite thing. Um, My favorite food. God, it's so, I know that I should like have this top of mind. I, I know like my favorite places in New York, there's this place dimes and I love everything they have there. Um, and then there's this other place called Jaja Ja Ja. It's like a vegan Mexican place and their nachos there are my favorite thing in the world. Would probably be my last meal. Vegan um, nachos. What? Are they vegan? Yeah. They're vegan nachos. So and they're vegan so cheese. good. They have like, cashew cheese and like there's so much on them they're huge and they're just like so good are you Um, a vegan or you just happen no I'm not I'm not I don't I don't eat meat really but like I eat fish um so but I just really like those nachos um so that those are like my favorite those are my favorite oh I really like breakfast food like pancakes and waffles and all of that would probably be my favorite I could eat those for every meal (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those are the best. Do you, you said you eat like the same thing every single day. Is that just out of convenience or because you just like those things? 
Yeah, that, I mean, that was kind of like an overstatement. I don't really eat the same thing every day for dinner, but like, I just kind of, yeah, like I, and not even every day for, this is not like a every day across the board, but basically like I have like four green apples a day, like just like throughout the day. It's very weird, but like in the morning, that's like what I'll have with nut butter usually, um, like a lot. And then I, or I'll have like, granola and milk somewhere where I'm out that like where I'm working from is what I usually have for breakfast um I love a good like chai latte um with almond milk and I like and then yeah I like toast like avocado toast I have a lot like wherever I'm out I'll just Mm -hmm. kind of get that um and then like you know like I'll have in my bag like bars like you know like a peanut butter situation um a lot of peanut butter on everything um that's kind of what I eat during the day is like toast and fruit and nut butter and bars and like that's kind of it and then the evening I'll have like you know cooked foods with like you know salads or oh I eat a lot of popcorn (laughs) that's what I'll eat like if I don't have plans the scandal diet salads and popcorn yeah so do you watch scandal yeah when she always has like the popcorn and the wine yeah yeah I love a good I love a good popcorn and and a good wine (laughs) I love it all right so going back to kind of where you've been at the last few years I guess now that you've been doing like as you said like you went from obsession to with health and then obsession with work for the book launch and that was what like middle of 2016 right yeah so what, that's been a year and a half since, and obviously you've had the move, but what do you feel like you've learned since? And do you feel like that obsession is still a part of your life? Or do you feel like you've kind of released yourself of that for, and to make room for other things? Yeah, no, it's, it, the, the scary thing is like, it's always a part of my life. Cause it's like my temperament. So I'm able to turn it on and off when I need to. So like when I was first in this relationship, it was probably like the healthiest I ever was because I, what I am like still like super obsessed with my boyfriend, but I was like really obsessed with him because I didn't, it was like new, you know what I mean? Like it'll never be that again. Um, So I I just totally let go of work and I, and I was also, it was kind of this perfect storm because I was also like really overworked and it was like, I worked hard this book and like, that's not even like what I thought it would be. And I really backburnered everything. You know, when I say that, like the podcast still came out every week and I was still like, I was fine, but I wasn't, I wasn't like working on anything new. I wasn't like doing a new, I didn't have a new creative focus until really, until I moved here because actually until like well after I moved here because basically what happened was I made that relationship my focus and it was so healthy for me because I wasn't working I wasn't like obsessing about what I was eating or like exercise or any of that I was just like totally present with that and then I decided I was moving here and that kind of became my like outside of work project because that required so much of me so that's kind of where some of my anxiety is pooled you know they kind of kind of pooled with the move and then once the move happened it was that was like a jarring thing for my life you know to like basically sell everything I own and like be in this new place and that just kind of I had to kind of find my footing here and it took me a while 
And then I decided I wanted to focus on working again. And I wanted to focus on, you know, coming up with creative projects and like figuring out where I wanted to focus. And that's kind of where I am now. But with that, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And especially like being in New York, I was like, you know, hosting all these events here, like you said, and I was running around the city everywhere. And, and I actually had like, right at the time that I was moving, I got it, I kind of forgot about the story now, like, I had three big speaking engagements, like I spoke at Wonderlust and I spoke like the Wonderlust Festival. And then I spoke at the Good Festival. Yeah. Like just a couple of months apart. And then I moved right in the, like I spoke at the, in May. And then I moved at, in June. And then I spoke in June also, like the week after I moved, I spoke at Wonderlust. So it was just like, I had to worry about like moving and then also like getting my life here. And then also like speaking at these conferences. And it was, it was just a lot. And so I saw myself applying more recently, a lot of those same tendencies of like really focusing on work. And I've been able to kind of get away with it because my boyfriend doesn't live here. So when he's not here, I almost add this extra pressure on myself to like, go, 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 go. And like, I need to be doing something every day and I need to get all this done. And then when he's here, I rest and I'm like present and I'm with him and it's like, I'm on vacation, which is okay. But I think it's, gonna kind of burn me out long term if I'm like I need to rest when he's not here too because I'm gonna go crazy so I don't know like this weekend for instance I'm I'm having like a so I like don't I have plans tonight and then I have like just like one plan for the weekend and the rest of it I can do whatever I want and so I'm probably gonna like get a massage and I'm probably gonna you know like get a ton of work done and do laundry and I'm so happy about that because I'm, I need it, you know, like I think Mm -hmm. here in New York, the weekdays feel more like weekends than a lot of my weekends do where I'm, you know, I'm working all day and I'm going to a meeting in the middle of the day and I'm going to this thing in the middle of the day. And then I'm going, you know, to a dinner that night and like, I don't get home until midnight, like most nights and that's great. And I love it, but it's almost like on the weekends I need to like work more. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. And I feel like it's so tough to just like navigate that and know how to find the balance. I kind of think balance is BS. Honestly, I feel like there's not really such thing as balance. And I feel like we're constantly searching for this like elusive, like living your best life where we're like equally balanced on all fronts. And I just think, I don't know, I kind of want to remove the word balance from the dictionary because I just think it's so un- like it's unnecessary to be balanced like I really do I think like there are seasons of your life where you're going to just be more focused on work and seasons of your life where you need to rest and you just if you are if you do know yourself and are in that intuitive space you can just sort of say hey like I'm gonna take today and I'm just gonna do me and or maybe that's a week or maybe you just like go to Hawaii because that sounds epic or whatever so I love that you said that because I feel like I don't know. Do you feel like balance is something that you try to practice or how do you feel oh, about that? No, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even come close to that. Yeah. Like, I don't even, I don't even fuck with balance. Like it's so not even something that I will be able to do. Like I'm, I'm a really all or nothing person anyway. Like if I have a lot of meetings or calls during the day, like I can't get anything done. I was, I've been talking about this all week kind of with my friends, but 
I don't work well in pockets. So like if I know I have two hours, but I have four hours worth of work, it's hard for me to get two hours of that work done. Like I just like won't do anything. You know, I can get like a little bit of admin stuff in, like some emails, whatever, whatever. But to do any like creative work, I need like the conditions to be legit. Like I need my candle and I need my tea and I need to like know I'm not going to be interrupted. And um and that's why like I love I love me a good like Saturday morning working on my computer like a Sunday when like I know I'm not getting things I need to respond to yes um that I really enjoy and I think you know Latham Thomas if you know her she has done my podcast twice and in the most recent episode I recorded it with her at her apartment soon after I moved to New York and she I made her talk about balance again even though Mm. we talked about it extensively in the first podcast that she came on but she has a great analogy for balance of like a type tightrope walker so if you think about a tightrope walker they're never balanced they're constantly swaying Mm. from side to side or else they'll fall like Mm -hmm. balance literally doesn't work for them and it's the same thing in our lives and like you said I think it's cyclical like I think it's okay and and I've talked about this with my boyfriend like I don't think it's, I'm in this period where I'm like laying groundwork and I'm creating stuff and I'm like wanting to do a lot of big things that are going to happen like a year from now or two years from now that I'm working really hard at now. And I'm hoping that, you know, a year from now, two years from now, hopefully I'll be working less and I'll be like seeing the fruits of the labors of the things I've, I've started on. But right now I'm in this period of my life where I'm doing a lot, probably too much, but I'm going to, that's just where I'm at. And so I, I, you know, like I told him, like, just be supportive right now. And it won't always be like this, you know? Yeah. Um, And yeah, like, I don't like feeling scattered, but it's okay sometimes. I am in a similar season. I just feel like, I don't know, 2017 for me was a year of like, inner growth and understanding of really what I needed and all of a sudden the end of the year I was like I'm fucking ready to just like unleash the beast you know and so I don't know I've just been you know building up my blog and obviously launching this podcast and working with all my clients and also auditioning like an insane person but it's it's cool because it's all things I actually like and things that light me up. So it doesn't feel like work. Like, yes, there are days when I'm like, I just need to lay in the bath now and soak in Epsom salts and never leave. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I love it. And I'm, I'm, I was having this conversation with my husband too. I just feel like this is just a season in both of our lives where we're just really, we're working on stuff that we really love and we're okay with spending nights on the couch like with our toes touching and both on our computers getting work done and it just feels really good. So I don't know. I think that there are seasons and like in two weeks, I'm going to be traveling for two weeks and I'm going to be in California and Hawaii. And it's like during that time, I'm going to, are you going? Yeah. We're going to Honolulu. Um, so I think you guys, when you guys are listening to this, I will have just left for California, but, um, it's going to be really fun. I'm going to Honolulu with my best friend who I haven't seen in two years. She lives in London. 
Um, and her college roommate is getting married there. So we're going for a week and so nice. I was just there this fall for a wedding as well. Oh my gosh. Well, you'll have to send me your, your favorite things to do because well, I was on Oahu. So, um, I have never been to Honolulu, but I love Honolulu, the city in Oahu. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, w- I see it at the North Shore. So yeah, okay. I've heard really good things about actually. it up there. You know, all I have tons. <laughs> yes, tell me, tell me, tell me. When when we get off here, you can set, yeah. you can tell me some of your favorites. But yeah, I'm really excited, and I'm just ex- I'm that's why I've been like kind of hitting the ground running the past few weeks too, because I've just been like scheduling all my blog posts and just getting the, everything done ahead of time, so that when I'm there, I can really be present and still get some work done when I'm feeling called to creating content or checking with my clients and that kind of stuff, but. Other than that, I just really want to be present and soak it all in and appreciate the now, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really love Hawaii. Really good popcorn there, actually. <laughs> You're all on the popcorn trade. I love it. No, seriously. Like, I, my boyfriend ordered it for me for Christmas. Like, they have, like, a spirulina. What? Coconut oil, nutritional yeast popcorn. Yeah, it's so good. Like, I wish I had some right now. Just, like, wherever? Like, in the grocery store? Um, maybe they, we got it at like a health food store by our Airbnb. Okay. All right. I'll have to look into it. That sounds epic. All right. Well, the way I like to end my pods is to ask some fun questions. So are you ready for some more lit stuff? All right. What color do you feel like describes your inner being? My inner being. Wow, man. Um, or your brain, as you like to put it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wish I had synesthesia. I think that's what like Lord has, where you can like see colors, um, or you hear colors. I don't know. Maybe like a light white pink. Okay, coming to me. Yeah, I can see that. All right, yeah. favorite thing that you have added to you your actually, routine. I have a, oh. I have an edit. Uh, yeah, chartreuse is my favorite color, so I'd like to think that that is my favorite color, like okay. a dark mustardy yellow. I love Ooh, that color. I like that too. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess people can listen to your podcast and decide what they think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite thing you've added to your routine as of late? Ooh. Oh, routine. Um, hmm. I haven't really added anything. I mostly like don't. I don't really have a routine recently. Maybe that's a thing to add. Um, Well, this is like a weird beauty thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, I started using, this is like so random, but I started using primer, this like, this um, makeup stuff called primer that I'd never heard of. And I don't even really wear makeup at all. Like I don't, I I mean, I do like I wear like cover up and I use, um, I use like organic natural makeup that's like pigmented with fruit, but this sponsor of my podcast called juice beauty has this primer that I really like. And it like makes my face glowy. And so I guess that's part yeah, of that's my a routine thing. now. That, that um, works. I'm trying to think what other things are part of my routine. Um, I drink a ton of water when I first wake up in the morning because I'm really bad at drinking water throughout the day. So in the morning, I'm looking at it right now, I chug this huge bottle of water with a probiotic. And then I'm like, well, if I don't do good with the, my water consumption, then at least I got this. And <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I know I have such a hard time remembering to drink water. So that's a good tip. 
All right. Yeah. What does it mean to you to live a fuck yes life? Oh, I think it's, you know, there's this great quote from friends where Phoebe, I think Ross like asks Phoebe to do something and she's like, I would, except that I don't want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that has been a good phrase in my life. Like I'm really good at just being like, I, that's just not my thing. And and eventually like people start to know, like, you know, I have friends that just know like, Oh, Katie's not going to want to come to that. Like she doesn't like to, you know, be cold. So she's not going to want to go to this thing that's outside or like, you know, you just, the more you kind of say no to the things you don't want to do, the more, the less you're expected to do them. So I think, you know, living a life like that would just be living a life where you're only doing the things ideally that you want to do which isn't possible to be a good human in the world but as much as you possibly can with not being an asshole saying yes to only things that you want to say yes to because when you're saying yes to things that you're doing for somebody else you're going to be resentful and they're going to hate them too so yeah and you're also saying no to something else in the process so I love that love 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 All right, Miss Katie, thank you so much for coming on. How can our listeners connect with you and get to know you even better? Oh, that's so nice. Well, thank you for having me. This was a delight. Um, You know, I'm just a Google away. I'm Katie Dale Bout. Um, My name is Dale Bout, like about, um, D-A-L-E-B-O-U-T. And yeah, I'm just like at Katie Dale Bout on Instagram and Twitter and snapchat and all of the things um and my podcast is called let it out and so is my book so if any of this resonated with you or you thought it was interesting you'll probably be into that too and they for sure will be so 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 excited (laughs) thank you well thank you so much for having me and there you have it Thank you, Katie, so much for coming on the podcast. And for everything that we chatted about in today's episode, make sure to check out the show notes at www.amandacatherine.com slash podcast slash three. And oh, we are going to be chatting so much about this in our community. I cannot wait. So many good ease. And I don't know about you, but I am thinking a journaling self-care book club is in the near future, you guys. So for everyone in my Live Your Fuck Yes Life community, get pumped. And if you are not a part of that, make sure you join our Facebook group that will also be in the show notes. It is such a fun space and such an open space for us to talk about anything and everything involving being a human being and going through the mess that is life. So come on, join the family and get Katie's book so that we can rock out some amazing journaling prompts and dig deep into who we are and who we want to be and actually get really clear on those things. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like there's never enough of that going around. I'm so, 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 so excited to share with you guys next week's episode. But in the meantime, find me on the gram or in our Facebook community, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.